Good afternoon. Welcome again to, or just welcome to the Other Page Radio. My name is Hayward Fennell. I'm really happy to be here today. This program is sponsored by Triad Veterans League. Triad Veterans League is here for the veteran and family members. If you have concerns about veterans, if you have issues about veterans, please, 857 504 5312. 857 504 5312. Certainly hope you're doing well. Had a good week so far. Still about the same weather wise, that is. Uh, folks, I got to tell you something. You know, uh, on August the 2nd, August the 2nd, there was a reopening and unveiling of the General Edward O. Gordon African American Veterans Memorial Park. What a project. What a beautiful, beautiful project with the unveiling of a statue commemorating a man by the name of Edward O. Gordon, a tribute to the underreported history of the African-American military veteran, male and female, and their contributions that date all the way back to 1776. That is the year that the United States of America became the United States of America. And ever since that time, for the African-American military veteran, there has been moments of victory, gallantry, bravery, death, on behalf of the United States of America and its freedom you know, we had the first casualty in the United States American Revolution being a man by the name of Crispus Attucks. Crispus Attucks was a African-American mixed with Native American who had escaped, they say, from bondage in Framingham and come to Boston, and it was downtown Boston, that the British, their red coats were downtown, below what is now known as uh, Macy's or Filene's in that area, that he was killed by the British for freedom that he had not yet received himself. And that's a part of the history of the United States military when it comes to African-American military veterans. There's always been a lot of discrimination to the point that it became institutionalized. They didn't want us to fight in the American Revolution. They wanted us to be cooks and servants. But when they gave us those guns, the British began to run. They fought so hard, the African-American veterans, that the British were willing to take them back to Canada where they had safety, and some went and ended up in a place called Nova Scotia. Now, Nova Scotia has a large black population today. Nova Scotia was also a part of the Underground Railroad led by a lady by the name of Harriet Tubman. It's no telling how many people are directly connected 
to the Underground Railroad and to the earlier settlers that fought the British to the point that the British said, look, let's go to Nova Scotia. We'll get you free. What a price that the African-American military men and women have paid in a system of systemic racism. And that was the point for the August 2nd event where city officials from all departments came and witnessed the unveiling of a statue to commemorate not just General Edward O. Gordon, but the history, the acknowledgement of sacrifices made and paid by African-American veterans, men and women. And one of the organizers, because this project started over 20 years ago, was the late Ralph Francis Brown, Jr., whose family members were actively involved even after he passed. His wife, the widow, Mrs. Wilma Brown, her daughter, her son, were actively involved in the Veterans and Friends Committee for the Edward O. Gordon statue. For the last seven years, there has been intense organizing to bring us to be able to see a statue that is about history not being a mystery with the redevelopment of the park with the briefs, the artwork by Cameron Uthamay, who is a relative of the designer for the statue, the late Fern Cunningham Terry. This statue is more than a statue. It is the embodiment. It is the embodiment of black military history that we need to get out there to educate and to empower, especially among our young people. This is about patriotism in Massachusetts, as you very well know. You know, they let you know right away that uh, we're about patriotism. Well, black kids, black adults, we got a statue. We got a memorial. We got a park where you can go. And we want to thank the city of Boston Park Department for the work that they did over the years, as well as the Boston Art Commission. We had to talk with them, and then then there was the NAACP and their support. And one of the uh, relatives of General Edward O. Gordon is the president of the Boston local chapter of the NAACP, Denise Sullivan. We want to take our hats off to the NAACP, the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, because they acknowledged on August, on July the 31st, they acknowledged at their national conference at the Boston Convention Center the work that has been done by the committee, the Veterans and Friends Committee, and they also uh, talked about the 9981 uh, written by or signed by Harry S. Truman, former president of the United States of America, eliminating racial segregation. But we know it's still there. Oh, yeah, they still, they still got uh, racial segregation in the United States military. But we slowly, slowly raising our heads to not 
be afraid to say that you are a veteran, that you serve this country and you want to be served. This is The Other Page Radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm Chris Jackamick. I served in the United States Air Force and I deployed three times. Being a veteran, it's interwoven into your DNA is really the absence of the connection and the purpose that can really drive a lot of veterans to some uh, negative thoughts. For those who are in a suicidal crisis, the window of time to save somebody's life is very short. Our duty is to protect ourselves and protect our families. And one way you can do that is store your weapons safely. Store all your guns securely. Help stop suicide. Brought to you by End Family Fire and the Ad Council. This is The Other Page Radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. This program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League. Veterans, a number that you might want to put in your phone, 857-204-5312. 857-204-5312. In case you don't know what to do and you have a problem, we can make referrals. Are you a veteran who is struggling with their housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Are you a veteran who is struggling with their housing due to COVID-19? Veterans Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing to eligible struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. Some of our PSAs, public service announcements, I play uh, more than one time because you never know when you need help. And that's what the other page radio here is all about, providing information to veterans, their families, and our listening audience who might be able to pass some information on to somebody. So, when you listen to our program, uh, I'm not making a mis- mistake by playing it tw- uh, a PSA twice. I want you to get it. I want you to write that information down because one of the things that was mentioned in the PSA was COVID. And I'm not sure if you know it, but COVID hasn't gone anyplace. It is still here. And what that makes me come to next is that we are going to begin to have regular appearances of information, of information providers from Whittier Street Community Health Center coming in and talking about how to stay healthy because uh, people are still assembling in masks and not using face coverings. No precautions. Running up there, right, uh, to the uh, park. And then all of a sudden you're not feeling good. We got to take care of ourselves. It's very important. So we're going to bring Whittier Street Community Health Center back on a regular basis to monitor what's going on around COVID, the different other ailments that uh, seem community-bound, and we want to be able to create an effective warning system uh, to get you uh, with your inoculations and shots. Whatever it is that you need, we want to be able to provide you with that health-staying situation your health is very important. Okay, now back to veterans and because you know people don't really understand what a veteran represents. 
Here are men and women who raised their hand and took an oath of obedience to the United States government to train, to take orders, to learn how to shoot, to learn how to kill in many ways. And they did that. They followed orders. They took that oath. Everybody didn't come back the same. Some didn't come back. And so there shouldn't be any disparities on how these veterans are being treated in these institutions, particularly at the VA. Remember earlier I said that... uh, This program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League. Triad Veterans League, so you'll know, is an advocacy veterans entity, uh, and it's also a think tank using the principle of collaboration to make recommendations about policy. We did a survey a couple of years ago about the services that were being rendered at the VA in Jamaica Plain, and we had a finding because it was a scientific survey with the help of the late Dr. Joseph Warren, Ph.D., and a Naval veteran officer. And we came out with these findings, and I'm going to tell you something. I wasn't surprised. I was not surprised because people forget, but I can't forget. I can't forget the times that I was so alone, unable to talk to my wife, my children, my friends, and met other veterans who were not able to talk either about their situation in the military. And it didn't all have to do with combat situations. Because systemic racism is something that it just pierces your soul. It makes you want to holler. But you can't. And people will say, what you hollering for? And you want to say, you're stepping on my foot with this attitude not being gratitude because I'm I'm different skin color wise, but yet we fought together. When I look at today's situation and all those people that's running for Republican nomination to lead the United States of America the greatest country in the world, despite the racism that we're trying to get rid of. None of them are veterans. I don't believe that any of them are veterans. They don't care about veterans. They have given billions of dollars to the Ukraine to save their country from the Russians. But they haven't done the same thing for veterans that need services in America. WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, that's us. Boston's community radio station talking about how do we get to the table as veterans and get off the table as in lunch when decisions are made about care and services for veterans being better addressed. Being better addressed. That's what this program is about today. If you could have seen all the people on August the 2nd in the General Edward O. Gordine 
African American Veterans Memorial Park, sitting and listening and walking around in a space, in a place that brought a spiritual feeling, a needed feeling about our veterans and what we have to do to make them whole. PTSD, unable to cope, other mental stresses, substance abuse, and use. Providing rooms that will become a tomb if we don't find the treatment modalities that we can use to bring them from the darkness of addiction. We can do better than mass and cash, which is an area near the Suffolk County House of Correction, a couple of blocks from the Boston Medical Center, one of the largest medical research hospitals in the United States of America. And in the shadows that surround those facilities are addicted people. Some of them are veterans. We can do better. We must do better. It's not a situation for the Department of Public Health by itself to solve. It's not a situation wherein a whole lot of money needs to be spent just to do research and then write a piece of paper while people are still suffering from addiction right in the open, injecting themselves with drugs, and police cars and private security are right there, but nobody gets arrested or tested. HIV-AIDS is alive. COVID-19 is alive. And we got to do better if we want to live and grow in a community of safety. You can't put everybody in jail. You can't put everybody uh, in a house of corrections or prison. But we can provide more prevention education for our young people. We can do more around health concerns for the people in our community as they are doing over at Whittier Street Community Health Center. You know, a lot of times people say, you can't tell me nothing. You got to stay open if you want to live today. Things are really, really bad. We'll be right back. I said we'll be right back. That was Duke Ellington. You know, I kind of mellowed out a little bit. You know, I want to take us to another level of appreciation for our veterans. You know, we got some stuff coming up. The Oscar Michaud Family Theater Program Company was established by myself and a couple of other people in 1997. Since that time, we have grown. And over 50% of our volunteer technical uh, crew are veterans. And I just want to say that, like I always say, veterans are an overlooked and underused community resource. There are too many veterans that have experiences and skills, but they're not coming out in the numbers that we need them to come out to work 
in the community with our young people, looking out for our elders, just having a presence in our community. And a lot of people look at our veterans only in one way, to vote. To be a political pawn that you can promise a lot, and when you get elected, you forget, and veterans don't get a dividend from their vote. And they uh, march in different countries and everything to maintain the level of freedom that countries have as a direct result of their involvement. I don't want you to think that I'm preaching to the preacher. I'm just talking to try to raise your consciousness about the importance of your being involved with veterans and helping them become what I became, which is a community servant. So, back to the Veterans Theater Program. Centerpiece Technology. Centerpiece Technology is a project that deals with stage lighting and sound and working the board and the lights. It was and is a project that was started by a veteran by the name of Will Spencer, who has created a program that includes a curriculum to teach theater technology to young people or anybody involved in our program uh, so that they can position themselves to find out what's going on behind the camera because that's important and it is something that you could move forward with. The knowledge of theater technology, so Centerpiece Technology LLC, created by a brother by the name of Will Spencer, a veteran. He has raised our production values as a direct result of sharing his knowledge. And some of our people are learning about theater technology as a direct result of his involvement with the Oscar Michaud Family Theater Program Company. The Oscar Michaud Family Theater Program Company was established, bounded in 1997. So that means that we were founded last century. And we are very proud to say that we have performed Despite the pandemic, COVID-19, every year since 1997 and was able to go up to the Urban League of Eastern Massachusetts office at 88 Warren Street under the leadership of Dr. Joan Wallace Benjamin and wrote a play. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened with that. You know, people are something I'm telling you, man. They tickle me, you know. Here I am uh, at Anchor Inn that was administered by uh, Pine Street. You know, Pine Street, big social agency, and I was living out there after coming out of the detox at the VA hospital in Jamaica Plain. And I was determined to rebuild my life because I prayed to the Lord to help me stop using drugs and to, to write. That's what I did. And God answered my prayers. So I was in a room with six men. It called six-man room. And at certain times of night, you had to cut the lights out. So just before the lights went out, I grabbed me two milk crates, 
maybe three or four, and I set up me a place to sit, sit down while I wrote. And the security would come by and they'd say, what are you doing, Haywood? And I'd uh, look up and I'd say, I'm writing a play. They said, a play, huh? I said, yeah. And so they start laughing, <laughs> like that, right? So I didn't bother. That didn't bother me, because he who laughs last laughs best. So my grandmother used to say all the time. So don't be too quick to laugh at people, because my request to write has produced five books and eleven plays, and four of those plays we have. Produced and on October the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th at the Strand Theater located at 543 Columbus Avenue. The Oscar Michelle Family Theater Program Company will step to the stage and perform the revised Miss Marion Anderson and Friends project. A Philadelphia Experience. Let me say that again. On October 13th, 14th, and 15th, at the Strand Theater at 543 Columbia Road, on the 13th, the performance starts at 7. And the 14th and the 15th matinee performances that start at 4.30. Ticket information, 857-204-5312. We need your support. We have a stellar cast and a special performance by Stages. S-T-A-J-E-Z. That's right. The bad ones. The one with the moves and the grooves. They're going to be dancing with us. They're going to be doing some liturgical stuff. You know, they're going to get you to feel like jumping up. Especially when you hear Monica Anderson Spencer in her role as Marion Anderson, a woman of courage. You know, they told Marion when she refused to sing before a segregated audience, when the Daughters of the American Revolution said, oh, no, you can't sing in Constitutional Hall before an integrated audience. We can't have that, Marion. So they said no. But God said yes. To Marion. And they came together, her friends, who included Mahalia Jackson and Mary McLeod Bethune and Tommy Darcy, all singing roles, by the way. And they came up with a plan. And Marion ended up singing at the Lincoln Center before more than 25,000 people. And it was integrated. Oh, my goodness. When Mary McLeod Mathun came in there and met with Eleanor Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's wife, and told her what needed to be done, Eleanor got busy. She told her husband, the president, My friend came to talk to me about Marion Anderson. She's a great singer, but she's also a greater human being. And she wants to sing, and I think that she should be able to sing. Frankly, I could see him now talking. He said, well, what do you want me to do? Well, I want you to find a space for her to sing for integrated Audience, time for change now. Time for change now, that's what she said. 
you know, Franklin was in the wheelchair, so he pushed the old wheelchair back and looked at her. He said, you think so? And his wife said, Eleanor Roosevelt said, yes, Frank. Yes, Franklin. It's time for a change. Okay. That's what Franklin said. What about what about the Lincoln Memorial? She said, it's exactly where it needs to go. And she went back, called up Mary McLeod Methune, said, uh, we think we can go with the Lincoln Memorial for Marion. Is that okay? Mary McLeod Methune said, thank you. Now the music that's being done and sung in this play is going to really take you home. It's going to be something, folks. This is a production whose time has come to remind you that you got to have a plan. And in the center of that plan has to be God. We got Darlene Wynn. Darlene Wynn, one of Boston's top gospel singers in the role of Mahalia Jackson. And you know she don't play when she sang Darlene Wynn. Then there's Leon Beal, Song Styles, international singer, getting ready to go to Europe. But he'll be back. He'll be back in time for the October 13th, October 14th, and October 15th performance at the Strand Theater in the role of Tommy Dorsey. Boy, you know, he could put something on the song, you know, Leon. Oh, man. Mm -mm -mm. And then playing the role of Mary McLeod Mathune, the educator who started Mathune Cook College in Florida. That's how strong she was, Mary McLeod Mathune. She started a girls' college in Florida. We have another educator and entertainer and singer playing that role, Wanda Perry Joseph, formerly of 9.9. She's been with us a while, and she's back. She's back singing as Mary McLeod Bethune. I know I mentioned uh, stages, but I just want to mention some of the other people that are involved in our play. Eileen O'Bannon out of Cambridge. She's playing the role of Miss Evelyn. We're looking forward to uh, Minister Deborah Mosley coming back and playing Miss Stalin. And we have a young lady by the name of Beautiful, and she is beautiful. She's coming in, and she's going to play a role, do some moving on the stage. You know, we're going to, Really light, liven it up. You know, it's going to be really Broadway. What about Black Way? We're going to do it like that. We're going to sing and dance, and people are going to clap their hands and stomp their feet. It's all good. Because we need to be inspired, folks. We need to understand that nobody, nobody is coming to save us. That we got to save ourselves. This is the other page radio. My name is Haywood Fennell. Real happy to be here with you talking about veterans and veteran-sponsored programs like the Oscar Michaud Family Theater Program Company. Uh, we are just so excited about the statue that went up with the veterans and friends of the General Edward O. Gordine Project Committee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, August the 2nd. It went up. Now we're working on how do we educate our young people about veterans and patriotism. So that's what uh, the committee will be looking at in terms of creating a uh, curriculum around patriotism and black veterans. 
And we also, like I said earlier, we're looking for veterans that have served and uh, want to continue to serve in the community or start serving in the community. We're not looking for people that uh, think that they're doing us a favor because we vote for them. I think we made that perfectly clear the other day, August the 2nd, when we limited the amount of political rhetoric that wouldn't be allowed. We just wanted to have people hear the voices of concerns of our veterans and getting them to become the power base in our community that they can be because they served in other countries and they've seen how other people live and they know that we can live better if we stick together. We're not sticking together. We don't trust each other. We got veterans that are home alone right now that need somebody to take care of them. We need to have a comprehensive veterans service, multi-service center with housing in our community, in District 7. Come on now. We don't need to be going in unsafe places to say we want a room or an apartment. What's wrong with having those facilities right here in Roxbury? Only you can answer that question. Governor, you know what the deal is, Mayor. You know, one of the things that people got to understand is that you just can't run up on me and a lot of other people and make all these kind of promises and don't be called out on it. You really got to start thinking about do they really care about you? I don't hear them talking. I don't see anything in city council on their agenda to talking about veterans. I saw where they cut the veterans' budget, but they put it back. See, veterans are not a threat, so they can just do anything or say anything they want to. We're going to stop that. Other page radio. WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. We're here because you want us to be. And we're talking about what you need to hear. We're not making any promises that we can't keep, but veterans, come forth. Be with us. Enjoy helping our young people and our older people. Take your place in that space. It's empty right now. We'll be talking to you. Are you a veteran who is struggling with their housing due to COVID-19? Veterans, Inc. can help provide support services, including assistance with rent, deposits, utilities, as well as emergency housing to eligible, struggling veterans. If you or someone you know is in need of services, please call 1-800-482-2565 or go online to www.veteransinc.org. I want to make sure you go down there and see that statue. Take a whole bunch of kids with you, too. I'm going to try to board, get the Board of Education involved. Get some of these politicians to do what they need to do. Stop just running up and making all kind of accusations because they can't get up there and talk about something that doesn't apply to the event. Then get mad. Grown people, adults. I've invited them to be on my show and none of them have come on. None. You know, so what? what am I supposed to do? You know, I say, okay, come on. Come on the show, let people know what you're doing, how you're doing. Nobody came. Then they called me and they said, well, we want to speak. What do you want to speak about? You cut. You made a move and tried to cut the budget for veterans. You want to talk about that? 
I don't think so. We got a lot of things going on, folks, but we want you to take care of yourself. Take care of your health, man, because that's very important. You know, this pandemic, this COVID-19 problem is not over. It is not over. You know, and so they're making all these remedies, etc. The best remedy is put a mask on to stay out of those crowds. My suggestion, I'm not a doctor now. I'm not a doctor. Because I had that bad boy, it knocked me to my knees. I said, oh my goodness, what is this? Is COVID, Haywood? So yeah, I'm going to try to go get them shots. And even that is not a guarantee. But we're going to have the good people from Whittier Street Community Health Center back in a week or so, you know, uh, talking about that. And another thing I wanted to tell you guys, I wanted to share with you is that you'll be able to hear some of these elected officials that want to come on because if you bring on one, you, policies you got to bring on, bring them all on. So I'm going to see how that works out, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to grill them. I'm going to let them say what they're doing. And you can make your own judgment when it comes to voting. I'm not here to endorse or, or, or not endorse. I'm just here as a conveyor for people to hear uh, what it is that the uh, elected officials are so excited about telling you about. But I know this. I know this, that there needs to be a stronger voice in the Boston City Council and the Boston president of the city council is Ed Flynn. And Ed Flynn told me last August the 2nd that we would be getting together to talk about veterans' concern, especially around housing, workforce development, I haven't heard from him. If you know his number, or go online and get his number and tell him that you heard me talking about the promised conversation that he gave me talking about veterans and our concerns. So we got to build this capacity for people to pay attention to what we want, not what they want us to have. Because as I said earlier, we have served this country. Whether you carried a rifle or not, whether you were in combat or not, you wore the uniform to protect this country. Now, who is it to protect you, veteran? We must protect ourselves. We must command and demand that we be respected. And respect is earned. And if you put that uniform on, and if you follow those orders, you have earned respect. And you want it. And so do I. This has been a great day to sharing about our veterans. Do not forget that on October 13th, 14th, and 15th at the Strand Theater, 543 Columbia Road, we will open up the revised performance of the Miss Marion Anderson and Friends Project, a Philadelphia experience with a narration that talks about Richard Allen, the founder of the AME Church, and Gamble and Hoff, the Philadelphia Sound Creators, and Dance and Movement by Stages. We're getting it ready for you, folks. We want you to come out and enjoy yourself because we are working on it to make the theater, community-based theater, a reality wherein you can come out and see a full-fledged production. 
We are also looking for volunteers to work with us that have some theater experience. Please, 857-204-5312. That's for you. We are waiting. We need you to be involved in what veterans are doing. Go to that park and see the work that a woman that is no longer with us, Fern Cunningham Terry, designed, and then see the results of a commitment from a group of people with Wilma Brown, the wife of Ralph F. Brown, Jr., pushing us forward in her way to get that statue up. I'm proud of my association, and I'm proud of being a veteran, and I'm happy to have been able to have this opportunity to talk about veterans and what we represent, and I'm looking forward to being back here with a guest, maybe, I don't know, but if I feel like having one, I can call one. But we're going to always be concerned about our community and how we as veterans can be more involved in helping veterans who cannot help themselves. Uh, we want your support, and we're going to bring it to you and let you know what we need from you. I'm looking forward to more conversations Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful day. And I hope you got something out of this conversation today. Again, I'm Haywood Fennell. This program is brought to you by Triad Veterans League in association with Boston Neighborhood Network. Thank you so much and have a great evening.